0: So, now we're gonna move into the gating technology so you understand how to do cardiac imaging. First, we're gonna be talking about perspective gating for calcium scoring, and perspective gating is where we're triggering the x-ray on and off, and it's based on the ECG waveform. And the user selects your timing from your R peak. Most of the times when you do a calcium scoring exam, you will actually acquire the images in the diastolic phase and the diastolic phase of the heartbeat is between 60 to 75% of the cardiac cycle, depending on your scanner that you are working on. We acquire four to 64 continuous slices throughout the cardiac cycle, and then you're able to generate one image of the cardiac cycle, and some scanners will allow you to generate more images so that you can actually freeze the motion of the heart if you have a varying heart rate so let's look how perspective gating works now this is a graph an example of a sixteen slice scanner just for easy visualization um... like i said people are doing calcium scoring on our four slice scanners all the way up to the sixty four or the dual source systems so here we have an example of um... how the x-ray works so if you think about looking at the beginning of an r-peak the system actually syncs up the r-wave it actually sees the beginning of the r-peak it says Okay, we want to look at the diastolic phase. It turns on the x ray in the diastolic phase. In this example, it's acquiring 16 images. Once it acquires the information in the diastolic phase, the x ray is turned off. The table moves, it resyncs up with the R peak. It has the delay until it gets to the diastolic phase and turns back on and acquires the 16 slices again. And then it acquires so you finish throughout the cardiac cycle or the full location of the heart. So this is an example of how perspective gating works. Now, when we look at perspective gating, Um, we're looking at acquiring the images in the diastolic phase. So here's an example of a 75% R to R interval of a 60 beats per minute exam. So what it looks at is in this example we center the image at 75% So at 60 beats per minute, the image would then turn on at 650 milliseconds and turn off at 800 milliseconds with a 200 millisecond scanner or a 0.4 second scanner. So it's just a graphical representation of the time of the image. Next we'll look at perspective gating and you also have the option on some scanners to do three phases of the cardiac cycle. And this is an example, once again, at 60 beats per minute or 1,000 milliseconds. We center the first images at 75% of the R to R interval. So the image, if we acquired one, would be from 650 to 850 milliseconds. But maybe this patient had a varying heart rate, so we actually wanted to look at the image a little bit earlier or a little later, so we made sure we froze the motion of the heart and then here the x-rays turned on 50 milliseconds earlier and turned off 50 milliseconds later so your information is acquired from 600 to 900 milliseconds and then the information is um, processed in three different phase cycles or from for example 70 75 and 80 percent of the r-to-r interval still acquiring the information through the diastolic heart phase so, newly introduced into the market is what's called perspective cardiac coronary CTA, or a step and shoot to do cardiac imaging with contrast enhance. So, as you see in the upper graph, you actually see the information. We are now acquiring a coronary CTA in the step and shoot mode, where we take an image in the diastolic phase, we skip a heart cycle take another image at the diastolic phase, skip a heart cycle. And this is a new technique which is a low dose technique and it actually can reduce the dose up to 70% of a cardiac helical exam without ECG dose modulation. When we just look at some of the quick information, here's an example of um, a coronary CTA is done with a heart rate of about 54 to 57 beats per minute um left-sided chest pain and you see a nice visualization of the left main the led the rca the both the septal and the diagonal branch and the marginal branch is of the rca with you see some calcified and non-calcified plaque here's an example of a stent follow-up so you see a nice 3d image of the heart and in the upper right-hand corner, you see a nice view of the left main and LAD of the stent. And you can see inside the stent, and there's, um, this was diagnosed as a patent stent. So nice visualization of the coronary vessels in this um, perspective-gated technique for coronary CTA. Um, average dose of this exam is probably going to be about 4 to 5 millisievers, but we have seen cases in about the 1 to 2 millisiever range. With this perspective gating technique, you also are gonna be able to actually be doing PVC management. Now here you see as an example, we're doing, we started doing the exam in the step and shoot mode. And then we acquired an image. And then the next beat that the um, scanner saw was too close, so it assumes that was a per, um, a PVC. It actually skipped the beat and resynced up the heart, and then actually acquired the images to finish out the full cardiac cycle. So that's going over perspective gating. Now we're going to move into the retrospective gating. And retrospective gating is actually where you're acquiring the information throughout the full cardiac cycle. This is done in a helical mode where we're scanning throughout the cardiac cycle from the um, base of the heart through the apex. And this will allow us to generate information throughout the cardiac cycle. The scanners will display your images at one phase, usually at the diastolic phase. But because you acquired the information throughout the cardiac cycle, you can reconstruct the images from the beginning of the systolic to the end of the diastolic phase. With this technique, we have Um, different type of acquisitions modes. We can do single sector information, dual sector, or up to four sector. And this is used for coronary CTA function and EP exams. So here's an example of a graph, once again, looking at how retrospective information. And now you see the ECG waveform, and you see the lines, and the lines represent that we're doing a helical exam, and it's acquiring the information throughout the cardiac cycle. And then the system, once the x-rays turned off, reconstructs the images at a prescribed phase that the technologist prescribed, usually the diastolic heart cycle. But once again, because we acquire the information throughout the cardiac cycle, you can reconstruct the information throughout the cardiac cycle. So the first technique we can do with retrospective imaging um, is our cardiac helical is a single sector acquisition and a single sector acquisition is pretty much routinely what customers are using in the market today and this is your half scan reconstruction plus your fan angle of one cardiac cycle to acquire the image so you see here here is an example of where we're acquiring the information of the diastolic phase in one heart cycle We're generating an image, and this image, depending once again on your gantry speed, will have a tempo resolution from 165 to 210 milliseconds, and this is used for heart rates between 30 and 70 beats per minute. Pretty much now today, the gantry rotation speed is between 0.33 and 0.42 seconds, with some sites using 0.5 seconds. But this is a single sector acquisition where we're taking information from one heart cycle to make the images. And here's a nice example of a patient with a heart rate of 62 beats per minute. You see normal coronary vessels here, nice visualization of all the vessels, the LED, the RCA, the circumflex distal branches and a nice cross-sectional view of the coronary image. Here's an example once again of a single sector image. Here we see a left main stenosis. We have a tight lesion in the left main with a non-calcified plaque in the upper and lower view and then the nice cross-sectional and luminal view of the left main coronary artery here's the corresponding cath image for the left main coronary. So next we have a technique called the dual sector technique. And this is images are reconstructed now from two adjacent cardiac cycles. So see here in the graph below in the lower right hand corner, you now see the ECG waveform where we're acquiring information at the diastolic phase of the heart cycle We combine those images together to make one image, and that will bring our tempo resolution now down to about 82 to 105 milliseconds. And this is a technique that you use for cardiac imaging when you have higher heart rates or 70 to 100 beats per minute. Now when you do use dual sector or up to four sector, which we'll be talking about in a little while, you want a decently stable image for or stable heart cycle for dual sector and you really need a stable heart cycle for the four sector image because you are taking images and combining them together but this works excellent for heart rates between 70 and 100 beats per minute here's an example of a heart rate of 70 to 80 beats per minute you see a nice visualization in the 3d of the left main, the LAD, the ramus branch, and the circumflex branch. You see the right coronary artery in the, axi- in the excuse me angiographic view. And you see there's a non-calcified plaque with calcified plaque in the LAD. But you see how we froze the motion of the heart with a heart rate of 78 to 80 beats per minute. A stabler heart rate, we can use the dual-sector technology. Here's an example of a patient with a heart rate of 96 to 98 beats per minute. And here you have a lemagraph or excuse me, a LEMA graph going to um, the circumflex artery. You have nice visualization and you have frozen stable motion in both the 3D and the MIP imaging presentation of the coronary vessels. And then lastly for helical technique, we have what's called four-sector imaging. And here now we're going to be acquiring information from up to four different cardiac cycles and then taking those images, combining them together to make one image. And this brings our temporal resolution down to 44 to 65 milliseconds. Um, This technique is used um, with stable heart rates, and it works very effectively when you do have a stable heart rate. So once again, we're taking up to four cardiac cycles, acquiring the information in the exact same phase, usually diastolic phase, combining them together to make an image. And here you see a nice example of a patient whose heart rate was 101 to 129, back down to 89, and you see nice visualization of the left main, the RCA, both the angiographic and the 3D volume rendering imaging, showing you that a four-sector imaging is capable in a higher heart rate. Here's an example of a patient with a heart rate of 97 beats per minute. Once again, we see a left main stenosis with non-calcified and calcified plaque. And you see a nice visualization of the right coronary artery with a distal stent. So just looking at the temporal resolution on the scanners out in the market today, this is just a nice graphical representation of the different gantry speeds with the single sector and dual sector temporal resolution that you have in the market today from the VCTs to the 16-slice scanner to the Sensation 64, the Dual Slice, the Brilliance, and and the Aquilium 32 and 64-channel system. So let's quickly talk about some of the dose features that are available on the scanner and how you can lower the dose. We did just discuss the low-dose technique, where you're just acquiring the information in the diastolic phase, but when you're doing helical scanning, you also want to save dose to the patient. So on all the scanners in the market, we have what's called ECG dose modulation, and this is where we modulate the MA based on the ECG cycle. So because you're acquiring or you're really viewing most of the information in the diastolic phase, we can have low MA from systolic to diastolic, increase the MA in the diastolic portion, and then reduce it when we go back to the end of diastole and the beginning of systole. Um, We modulate based on your ECG waveform, and this will allow you to save up to a 50% dose savings. Now, when you have a varying heart cycle, you still can use ECG dose modulation. What you want to do is widen that window so you can turn the modulation on on. Now where you have peak from systole to diastole, and then you just have the time lower in the phases that you will not be looking at, so the end of diastole to the beginning of systole. This will reduce your MA of about 20 to 30%, but you still get a dose savings. So you can have tight modulation from 70 to 80, or you can increase your modulation and have peak MA from 40 to 80, and those are options that are on the CT scanners today in the market. On your scanners, you also have um, image filters, and filters that um, are on the different scanners, what they do is reduce the noise in the image while keeping the dose low. So there's different edge producing filters on the different scanners, and that will really reduce the noise in the image, so you might be able to lower your MA and put a C1, C2 filter on, or a B30, B35, B40, or there's CA, CC, and CB filters. Those are different filters within the scanners that will allow you to reduce your MA to the patient, put on these filters, reduce the noise in the image so that you get diagnostic quality images at less MA to the patient. The one other thing that I wanna talk about is really image reconstruction and choosing the best phrase. When you have heart rates that are above 65 beats per minute, we don't always freeze the motion in the diastolic phase. So before saying that you potentially may have to rescan a patient, you really wanna look at multiple phases in the cardiac cycle. And this is an example here where I was out on a site with a patient and the patient's heart rate was in the 90s. So it was about 86 to 90 beats per minute. um, And we looked at the diastolic phase. We didn't freeze the motion of the heart. And I asked him, let's go look at systole. And here you can clearly see that the motion of the heart was frozen in the systolic phase. So general recommendation is for low heart rates, below 65, 70 beats per minute. You really can just look at end diastole. If you didn't freeze the motion of the heart, always look at the end systolic. When the heart rate is above 65 to 70, I'd always recommend if you have motion in your coronaries to look at the 45 or end systolic imaging. Okay, well now you just learned the basic terminology for cardiac CT and the different factors of multi-detector cardiac CT um, and what's beneficial with looking at cardiac CT. So hopefully you learned a general overview of cardiac imaging and what different aspects you need to look at when um, doing cardiac imaging and or purchasing a cardiac CT scanner. Thank you very much for your time and we'll look forward to do another presentation in the future.